Well, we continue this morning with our sermon series, God's Household, uh, three sermons from 1 Peter. And this morning, we are looking at the fourth chapter of 1 Peter, verses 8 through 11. It begins, these, these words with uh, these verses, with words that have become so common that people are able to repeat them. They may not have any clue as to where the words came from, but they're popular enough in culture that you hear them. And whether somebody, uh, when they say them, realizes they're actually in the Bible or not, who knows? But that is how common or how popular in our culture the words have become. So here from verse 8 to verse 11. Above all, maintain constant love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Well, the uh, words in verse 8, Love covers a multitude of sins. Our words, that, that one particular verse, has puzzled biblical scholars for centuries. What, is exactly, what exactly does that mean? How, do we, how are we to understand that? Well, one thing that we can dismiss in trying to understand that is the idea, it's not conveyed in this, although we see it, in our culture, the idea that love is blind. And we, uh, in our dating lives, and some, for some of us, uh, dating lives were a long time ago. But in our dating lives, in that person that, that we were dating, that we may have eventually married, and, and probably if they're sitting next to you, uh, did marry... Uh, Love may have been blind at that point. That you weren't uh, concerned with any faults. You may not have even seen any faults. The faults that are exposed later when you get married, then you recognize some of the faults. One of the things uh, in the uh, pre-marriage inventory thing that I I give to uh, most of the couples that I perform weddings for, one of the questions is, is, is there any any pet peeve? Is there something about your spouse or about your future spouse that you'd like to change or that annoys you? And uh, it's interesting some of the answers that I get to to those questions or to that particular question. But the idea that love is blind, that's not conveyed in these words. But again, we do see examples of that. Uh, as I was preparing, I thought about uh, how often we see in media reports 
a parent's response when their child is being sentenced for some horrific crime or perhaps has been accused of some horrific crime, the response of the parent, not my child. My child could not have done something like that. Or pleading for mercy to a judge. Not necessarily dismissing what has happened, but just, this is my child. Love covers a multitude of sins, if you will. And desperately seeking, hoping, uh, depending on circumstance, perhaps being blind to what that child has done. Love covers a multitude of sins, but love's not blind. It's not love if we recognize somebody that is doing something harmful either to themselves or to somebody else, it's not love to dismiss that or ignore that or not see that and never offer any word of correction. If you see a child about to run out in traffic, you stop them. That's not good. It's not loving to ignore the harm that could come to that child. Or that could come to a person who perhaps swerves to miss the child. Love offers correction and direction from time to time. If we can see harmful behavior in other people, we need to offer in love, not in judgment, in love. Speak the truth in love, Paul says to the church in Ephesus. Speak the truth in love. Offer a word of direction and correction. God asks us to do that in love. And by the same token, we receive that word of correction from God from time to time. God knows us, warts and all, faults and all, and it should not disturb us When God guides us, directs us, corrects us, that's love. It's not love to let somebody continue to travel the same path of disaster and ruin their lives and perhaps the lives of others in the process. Love's not blind. Well, another way to understand this verse Love atones for the manifold faults of the one who is loved. And the evidence of that is what uh, one of the ways that we understand what happened on the cross when Jesus died. Jesus sacrificed for us, covered our sin. So that on the cross, and being hung on the cross because of our sin... Because we're sinful people, Jesus can say, as he surveys the landscape, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. 
Jesus, who is there because of our sin, also sacrifices for our sin. Love, love that covers a multitude of things, sacrifices. So, in uh, our own lives, perhaps, or the lives of people that we may know, someone who has gotten in, in trouble financially, maybe overextended themselves with credit, maybe owes more than they can possibly pay back, maybe has uh, accumulated that debt by poor decision-making or by wanting things that they couldn't afford but went ahead and bought anyway and accumulated this this, uh, mountain of debt, perhaps... A dad, a mom, some family member sacrifices, helps them for their sake, covers their sin, atones for what they did wrong, covers that, and makes that sacrifice in order to help. Love, sometimes uh, we can understand it as covering, as atoning, as sacrificing. We were sacrificed for by Jesus Christ sometimes, and we see this often. We sacrifice for other people. Love, it may mean that love covers the faults of other people. Not just the mistakes, the sins, but overlooks or looks beyond, not overlooks, but looks beyond the faults. We praise God that God looks beyond our faults and points us, guides us to being and becoming the person that God wants us to become. God looks beyond faults. Paul in the uh, letter to the Romans says, it's while we were yet sinners. That's when Jesus comes to us. Doesn't come to us to say, uh, give us a pat on the back and a hug around the neck saying, you sure have done well and now I want to give you your payday candy bar. It's while we're in trouble. When there's nothing in our life that would indicate that we deserve to have that kind of response, that kind of grace, that kind of forgiveness, that's when God comes. So perhaps one of the ways, and maybe the best way to understand these verses, is by combining this idea that love covers, there's sacrifice involved in love, and also that love looks beyond where we are and what our faults are, Love looks beyond that to, uh, to a hoped-for better day, to a hoped-for better person, that we become something, the something that God intended us to become. Beyond that, this kind of love manifests itself 
in Peter's words, in acts of hospitality. If you understand that love, then you're going to be hospitable. And you're going to do that without complaining. So if you've accepted uh, an invitation to do something, you know, somebody has asked you to volunteer, and you thought, you know, I'll go ahead and do that. It sounds like, a, you know, I, I'll be a, a good person, a nice person. I'll do my, uh, my, my duty. And you say yes. And then when you realize what you've said yes to, you start complaining about the fact that you said yes. Why did I ever do this to myself? You may go ahead and do it, but you don't get any joy out of it. You do it complaining. You do it grudgingly because you feel obligated. There's no sense of joy in it. Love manifests itself in acts of hospitality. So if somebody invites you to a party and you say yes, you don't dread the day that the party is actually coming. You say yes because you don't want to hurt their feelings. Seemed like a good thing to do at the time. And then when the day of the party comes, you're struggling with whether to call them and say, I don't really feel sick, please uh, forgive me, I can't come to your party. Or by the same token, you've invited somebody to your party because you felt like you had to. And then from that moment of invitation on, you are dreading the day that it comes that they may actually you know, respond RSVP and show up at the party when you didn't really want them there in the first place. Love, love that covers a multitude of sins, <clears throat> love that's expressed to us in the way God loves us, says be hospitable. You care about other people. Enjoy their company. Don't do it you know, complaining or grudgingly. You miss all the joy then. Celebrate that. Peter goes on to say in these, these verses that we are to be good stewards of God's manifold graces. That God has entrusted this, uh, this idea of love, this idea of hospitality. God's entrusted that to us. Be good stewards. Take care of it. Use the things that God has given you wisely Peter goes on to say, you're a gifted person. God's given you gifts that you can use. Regardless of who you are. We've been blessed in this congregation by the gifts that that people who have physical uh, handicaps, sometimes uh, intellectual handicap, we've been blessed by their presence, by the love that they convey by the caring and concern that they show, by the joy they experience when they're here and able to be here among us. That's their gift. And we receive it. And God's given you a gift. Whatever that gift is, use it in service to Christ. Know that you have a gift. Every member is a minister. It's not just a few of us. It's all of us. We're the great household of God. 
And as a congregation, and as people that are part of the congregation, God's given us gifts. Manifest that. Use that. Serve other people. Do it joyfully. Well, Peter concludes uh, these verses with a simple word after the doxology, which reads... Uh, that we are uh, to him uh, be the glory, the power forever and ever. To God be the glory. We sing a doxology at the end of our service. We have a Gloria Patra in response to a prayer. This is Peter's doxology. And then at the end he says, Amen. So be it. Is how that's translated in Greek. So be it. Let this be. Sure place. Another way to understand it. God bring us to this sure place. Let this be so. In the household of God. Let this be so. In my life. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for caring about us and calling us to care about others. All in Christ's name. Lord, in a world that deeply needs to know of the great love of the household of God, love that flows from your love, God, help us use our gifts. Help us be a light to this world. In Jesus' name, amen.